What's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining me on another exciting episode of Data. My name is Brian, and I look forward to sharing with you another amazing guest today. But first, if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please make sure you get out there and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Now sit back and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Data Up, everyone. If you haven't subscribed yet, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of my awesome guests like the one I have joining me today. He is a five-time Grammy nominee, a multiple ASCAP Christian music songwriter, artist, and winner of the year. He has a platinum certified single along with two gold certified singles. He's received an American Music Award, a Billboard Music Award, K-Love Fan Award, and was named Billboard's Hot Christian Songwriter of the Year and, was received, and has received a Primetime Emmy Award nomination for the original music of, and lyrics for the title track of the feature film, The Heart of Christmas. In addition to his own recording career, he has more than 130 songwriting credits to his name, including cuts by Rascal Flatt, Scotty McCreary, Michael Smith, Amy Grant, Medisa, Danny Gokey, and others, along with back-to-back number one songs by Casting Crowns, including their single, Nobody, which, is, which he is featured on. My guest also co-wrote Jeremy Camp's number one song, Keep Me in the Moment. He also has his own podcast, which he will share more in our interview, and he has written five books and he is the co-founder of PopWe, a nonprofit ministry helping others to craft, share, and live a more meaningful life. But above all this, he is a Christian, a husband, and a father, and it is a super honor to welcome my good friend Matthew West to Dad Up. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. And I loved uh, the order of that introduction. Like, uh, the most important thing is the last thing that you said. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about family and uh, what matters most to me in my life. Awesome. Well, look, I'm a huge fan. Uh, my family and I are huge fans. Uh, Thank you. And so I appreciate, I appreciate the work that you're doing and um, what you represent. For my listeners who may not know who you are, could you kind of go through your back history, kind of your, your history of you, and then uh, tell me uh, about your family, how many kids you have? Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm a preacher's kid from Chicago, Illinois. I'm still in recovery for for that growing up as a preacher's kid, but, uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, I grew up in the Chicago suburbs and that's a big part of my story because, uh, Michael Jordan, Chicago Bulls, right. You know, the Chicago Cubs, you know, all things Chicago. So I grew up really wanting to be an athlete and, uh, I, I choose those words carefully wanting to be an athlete. Um, right. and I thought I was a lot better than I was and had dreams of playing college baseball and, uh, you know, those dreams didn't really pan out. And so music was, was not my first love or my first dream, but it became a real passion. And uh, later on in life, realized it was not just a passion for me, but it was what God was calling me to do in my life. So I really was sort of a late bloomer, musically speaking, and uh, studied music in college. And while I was uh, a lonely freshman, you know, you go from uh, the, I had like uh high school kind of years where I was popular and the homecoming king and all these things I was super proud of and really loved being popular. And then I went to a freshman in college and everybody was the homecoming king and I was no longer on the football team and kind of just, uh, you know, went through an an extremely like lonely season as a freshman in college. And that's really where uh, my guitar became my closest friend and I started to learn guitar in my dorm room and I would just kind of 
hole up for hours on end. And I, that's where I began to write my first songs. And little by little, some of the students started to come by my room and say, man, that song you're playing, who, who does that? I was like, well, I wrote that. And they're like, man, come play our fraternity party. you know. And, <laughs> uh, and so that's kind of how it started. And then I, you know, I started to discover that I had a real entrepreneurial spirit and started booking my own shows and printing my own posters. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another. And now I moved to Nashville. Uh, I moved to Nashville several years ago. It's been home for me for about 20 years. And I've started my career as a songwriter behind the scenes, writing songs for other artists, which uh, for those who don't really know the music industry in Nashville, but that's a really big part of the culture here is, you know, mm. these guys and girls behind the scenes crafting songs that other singers would sing. And that's right. how my career started. For about four years, I couldn't get a record deal of my own. Instead, I just uh, had some songs that I would write for other people. And uh, about four years later, I had a record deal. And uh, I've been blessed to, to do something that I love for a living and hopefully something that makes an impact in the world. And uh, that's kind of what's led me to where I am. And Nashville is home. My wife and I, uh, we've been married for 17 years. Wow! Congratulations. Thank you. Now, how many uh, how many kids you have? You have you have girls now, right? Yes, yes, sir. We have two daughters. My daughter Lulu is just turned 15. She just got her driver's permit, and uh, my youngest daughter Delaney is about to turn 12 years old. So wow. uh, there, and uh, much to my, you know, one of the things that I prayed for before they were born is that they would. That when we knew we were having girls, I just said, Lord, make sure they look like their mother for their sake. Now, now uh, the Lord answered that prayer, and I'm wishing I would have prayed for the opposite because they're so beautiful that uh, that I think I'm in big trouble. I should have prayed that they looked more like me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, answer me this. I've got two boys, so uh, I don't know what it's like to live in a house full of uh, full of girls. Yeah. Um, so what's it like? What's it like living in a house? Full? I'm, I'm asking because I, I can only imagine what my wife is feeling in a house full of boys. Um, so, <laughs> well, I, no, I definitely feel outnumbered, like, right. um, you know, probably like, like your wife does at times. I will say from what I've understood with parents who have boys that our house is a lot um, more intact than when you've got boys rough housing and running around and like our kids are calmer than uh my nephews <laughs> yeah so uh, they're not wreaking havoc on our home like crazy but <laughs> um but there's there's definitely different types of drama that we deal with you know right. with the girls and and really with the other girls like it's just girls are can be so mean to each other and, yeah <laughs> you know that's one of the things that we're constantly dealing with is you know raising our kids to to be the kid who's kind, you know, and yeah. to be the kid who sees the one who needs a friend. And, and so it's, uh, but you know, yeah, it's like uh, the girls, they'll all go get their nails done, you know? And so dad right. will have, uh, you know, dad's got lots of Saturday afternoons where, you know, the girls are going to get their nails done or their hair did or whatever. Right. And, uh, <laughs> I'm just kind of out on that. I don't know right. what to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, try to get the nails done. Um <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I, I've I've had a few petties in my life, and and they're they, they, they're pretty good. So <laughs> I haven't um, broken down on and done that yet, but uh, you know they're they're wearing on me. They're wearing me down for sure. <laughs> I tell you what, man, I I've been I've been so impressed with especially with my oldest because you know, a lot of that's going to come from the top down, and 
and she's been such a good big sister. And it's fun yeah. to see them. You know, my prayer is that they'll be close as they grow up, and we try to encourage that, you know, at every turn. But uh, yeah, they will be, Matthew. Um, I've got two boys, and my boys are older than than your girls. I've got a 22 year old who just graduated college. Okay. And then I've got a 19-year-old who is a freshman in college now, and he actually uh, has a basketball scholarship. He's playing basketball for Hope International University here in Fullerton, awesome. California. So, awesome. um, yeah, so right now we're on lockdown, so there is no basketball, but uh, he's a little disappointed yeah. about that. But um, my boys, uh, you know, they got into it quite a few times when they were younger, but they're, it's, it's cool to listen to them just have a good time together and chit-chat about different things. Um, that's, that's, that's part of the joys of, uh, parents is listening to them, uh, kind of have a, have a really neat relationship. They're at the gym together right now. They're, they're working out together at the gym. So See, that's um, awesome, man. Yeah. That's so yeah. great. Well, very cool. Now your father was a preacher, pastor. What did your father do to nurture your relationship with Jesus and encourage you to kind of keep that relationship going today? You know, one of the biggest things I'll, I can point to is my dad always my mom and my dad, they both challenged me to, they were constantly reminding me that, that God didn't want a long distance relationship with me. I think they mm. knew the tendency for a preacher's family would be that maybe the kids maybe wouldn't feel as significant of a connection with the Lord because, you know, I, I think for me, it felt like growing up as a kid, it was like, oh, this is just like a family connection. Like I'll get to heaven because I'm in the business. You know what I mean? Uh, like. Right. And my parents were always, I just remember them always saying, no, 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 like God loves you and wants a personal friendship with you. And so when I really began, when that really began to sink in, you know, I think that's a game changer for anybody's right. faith journey to realize that this is not just a religion. Like this is literally like a friendship and a relationship. And I'm thankful that they always pointed me towards that. And of course, the biggest thing that my dad did was, you know, he walked it, you know, he didn't, yes. you know, he, that's the biggest thing is he, he set the example. He was a man of prayer. Uh, he still is, you know, he's a man of, uh, uh, he, he studies the Bible. He's, he's constantly in the word and knows scripture like the back of his hand. And, and then he lives out his faith in the way that, you know, he sacrificed and for our family, sacrificed for others. He's the kind of guy who literally saw him give the shirt off his back to a, to a drug addict, you know, no kidding. You know, and, wow. and that, so, I mean, those are the things that speak louder than, than any words he might've preached from the stage as a kid when I'm sitting in the front row all those years. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Um, I love what you said there about, you know, he lived it. Um, you know, we, I talked to a lot of dads. I mean, I have a lot of, I, I've done, I've done, you know, 70 something interviews now. And I do talk to a lot of dads outside and, and I've, I've gone and done seminars and things like that. And, you know, one of the things that I tell my dads is you have to remember that the kids do watch and it doesn't matter what age they are. I talk about it a lot on my podcast, but whether they're two or like my son, 22, they're watching you and everything that you do. And that has such a huge impact on them. Uh, it's not necessarily what you teach through your words. It's ne it really comes down to what you teach through your actions. So um, that's so cool that uh, your dad actually led that life. And, and I think that really had a huge impact on you. So very yeah, cool. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I think I take that now into my, my parenting because, you know, the apple hasn't fallen too far from the tree. Like I right. saw that I saw what a tough job it was to be a pastor 
and I swore that I would never do that. But, you know, lo and behold, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a pastor because, um, you know, I just, I preach through my songs and, right. and I'm in ministry. And because I'm in ministry, my whole family's in ministry. And so I'm very keenly aware of the importance of there not being a contradiction be, between what I say from the stage and in my songs and how I live when I come off that stage and, and walk inside the four walls of, of our home. Mm. That's awesome. Very cool. Now, kind of getting into, uh, you know, your, your family, your personal family there. you got you got two girls. How would you, you know, they're 15 and 12, so you've had a little bit of experience. How would you describe your, your and your wife's parenting style? <laughs> well, um, I'm, uh, from a personality standpoint, my wife is a, how do I say this? Like, she's got, she's an eight on the Enneagram. She, like, just, <laughs> she gets stuff done you know what i mean i mean this is like the she's making it happen she's she knows the schedules and she has right. to keep me on because i am like i'm an artist i'm a creative i'm a you know i'm i'm goofy and so i'm the one who comes home and comes off the road and she's got all these plans and i'm trying to derail them by being you know right. spontaneous <laughs> and i tell you what i learned really quickly that that was not going to work and so right. I, we fit together really Especially nicely. for somebody who's an eight. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> so we fit so well in the sense that, you know, I I can help us be more spontaneous at times and just, you know, throw caution to the wind. And we want the kids to see that in us. Like, hey, we get one life. Let's live right. it to the fullest. You know, we're not Amen. just going to be robots in this life. And so yeah. that's, that's sort of one of the components of, of our parenting. But when it comes to like um, – discipline and things like that. I think that's something where as a dad, I've definitely had to, you know, learn with daughters. Like I'll say this daughters, like really make you more aware of your temperament. And, mm. and I think for me, the definition of what is the de what's the difference between raising your voice and yelling. And like, when you have daughters, like, even the even just mention of a spanking when they were little, that alone would make them cry without even getting the spanking. Right. So I think, you know, just learning how to parent, you know, in the disciplinary side. And I think my tendency would be like, I just want them to love me and have and see me as the fun guy, but like learning to to really have to put my foot down for their own good and to step up and discipline um, and know when it's time to like not be the goofy dad. So, right. um, so those are some of the components. If I had to point to one like main thing is just, it's also probably my biggest struggle, but I know it's maybe the most important thing too, uh, besides raising them up to, to serve the Lord is being present mm -hmm. and not, and not being, it, it, knowing that perfection is not the goal as a parent. Perfection cannot be the goal because we will never live up to that. There's no exactly. such thing. My parents weren't perfect. Their parents weren't perfect. And I'm not going to be perfect. But I definitely want to be present. I want them to be able to say, you know what? Dad messed up sometimes. He wasn't always perfect, but he was always in my corner. When, he, when I talked to him, he was always there for me. He never made me feel like I was second fiddle to his career. And, and that's mm. been like, that's a huge motivator for me. Cause at the end of the day, 
do I like being introduced to, for a podcast interview with the things that were nice things that you said about me? Yes. But if I succeed in my career and fail in my home, then that right. equals failure. And yep. I refuse to let that be the case. Yes. I'm glad you finished with that because I, I have said that as well uh, many times. Uh, there's one thing that I have learned in fatherhood. Uh, I've seen a lot of dads that have really, really focused on building a career and they they feel this weight on their shoulders of of being the provider for their family. So they think that means financially the provider for their family. So they're gone, you know, 80 hours a week from the home. And what I've tried to tell dads is, look, if you want to build a legacy, you need to start inside your home. The legacy you built is built in your home, not outside your home. Um, and it's it's interesting because. A lot of these, a lot of, a lot of dads that I've seen, they, they, they build, they try to build these careers when their kids are young and then they try to start to slow down and kind of uh, relax a little bit when the kids are teenagers. And the funny thing is now that the kids are teenagers, they don't want to hang out with dad. They want to go hang out with their friends. And so they've missed out on that childhood bonding time that they should have had with them. And they wonder why their kids don't really have a good relationship with them. And, and it was one thing that was super important for me as a father. My parents were, you know, still married to this day, but my parents weren't really involved in my life growing up. I can count on one hand how many sporting events they came to for me. And so I vowed that I wouldn't be that way with my boys. And that's why I coached my boys from the age of four all the way through high school. I coached them in every single sport that they played in. My younger son, who, who um, graduated from high school last year, they went to a private Christian school here in, here in California. And um, I was the varsity basketball coach on his team. And we won the CIF championship together. Wow. First time first time in the school's 100-year history that the school had won a CIF championship. And now my son and I both have rings together. So those That's things awesome. will never, ever, ever be taken away from us. And I still coach today, Matthew. My, both my boys are gone out of high school, and I still coach at the high school today because I love it so much. But awesome. I just want to be an impact on those players' lives because I know what it's like for kids – to not have parents that are really actively involved. So I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you finished with that. Well, it's like, you know, and I took, you take that for granted when you have that as a kid. It's funny. You mentioned that because like, I used to wonder, like my dad was so popular with my buddies growing up. Like, (laughs) like I would, to the point where I would kind of get like annoyed because we'd be hanging out and like, where's your dad? Let's hang with, you know, let's hang with pastor Joe. And I'm like, and the same way, like my band is the same way. They love my dad. And, and, you know, but what's funny is growing up, I didn't realize the reason for that. But looking back now, I can see, you know what? Most of my buddies were growing up in broken homes and right. Right. their dads were not around. And so they were getting in my dad what they weren't getting at home. And, and that was something that I was taking for granted because I was getting that day in and day out. So over the years, it's made me just that much more thankful. I was thinking about our our interview that and, and the theme of your podcast, and there was a couple of songs in mind that kind of came to mind. But, but one in specific that kind of ties in with what you just said is, you know, people working so hard and then, then they stop working and their kids are older and don't want to hang with them is there's a song I wrote called The Beautiful Things We Miss. And mm. the theme of that song really, it says – it's the chorus says, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to look back one day and find everything that really mattered 
was right in front of me this whole time. Open up my eyes, Lord. Keep me in the moment just like this before the beautiful things we love become the beautiful things we miss. Mm. And that's kind of like my heartbeat as a dad. And uh, when I get off track, I feel like the words of that song come back to me and go, okay, hey, put your laptop down or put your phone away. Uh, You know what? Say no to that great opportunity that's going to take you out of town. And don't forget the beautiful things that are taking place right in front of you right now because they're going to be gone. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. That's a a great song, too. That's awesome. awesome. Cool. Um, Let me ask you this. What advice, you know, you've been been father now for for 15 years. Um, What advice would you give to uh, new dads or soon to be new dads? Wow. Well, I would give that advice in the form of of another song, honestly. Um, And it's a song that I wrote about my dad. And it's a song called Looking Up. And the message of the song says, you know, the whole time, it says, uh, my dad, you know, daddy was a hero. My daddy was a preacher. He was a hero to me. He didn't wear a cape and he couldn't fly. But the idea of like, it says, uh, even heroes are human. But there's one thing I always knew. The whole time I was looking up to him, he was looking up to you. And wow. And the point of that song is is the realization that here I am, I'm looking up to my dad as a role model, but what I saw was not somebody who had all the answers or pretended to, was not somebody who pounded his chest and lived a prideful life, and yet what I saw in him was somebody who was seeking guidance from a greater source. And I guess, like, man, I just would encourage dads out there that to, to acknowledge that uh, – you can't do it on your own. You know, mm. um, the first step to success in anything in life is probably acknowledging that you can't reach success without help. And, you know, when it comes to parenting, when it comes to life, uh, you know, the help that we need is not found within us. There's no self-help or parenting book or podcast that alone can provide us the strength and the wisdom and the guidance we need quite like uh, a relationship with Jesus can. And, and so, and so I love that, you know, your podcast is this message reminding dads out there like, Hey, you can't do this on your own. And I love the fact that a dad would be listening to this podcast. Just the fact that they are is proof that they're seeking um, wisdom and strength that they don't possess. And they're acknowledging, Hey, you know what? I don't have all the answers, but I'm going right. to go to the one who does. And so that would really be um, one encouragement that I would, um, send out to dads today. Don't try to do it on your own. Just make sure that you're you're daily looking up to your heavenly father uh, to find the guidance to be the earthly father that your kids need you to be. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah, that, uh, thank you for saying that. Um, and uh, I'm talking about the, how important the podcast is. I appreciate it. But, uh, uh, you know, something that I tell my dads, you know, there's not, there are parenting resources out there, obviously. But one of the most important uh, parenting tool that you can obtain and, and, and go through and read is the Bible. The Bible yeah. will help you and guide you uh, into your parenting decisions. And I don't think enough dads realize that. I don't think they really understand that. And not enough of them do. And so I have tried, always tried. I said, you know what? There's, there's one of the number one books out there on parenting. It's called the Bible. Pick it up yeah. and read it. Well, so. you know, it's funny. It's like, you know, the average dad is, is uh, not afraid to, read a book about business or right. Uh, you know, I mean, we, we, we make efforts to better ourselves 
in every aspect. If you want to work out, you get a gym membership. You go to, you go get a trainer. You want to get better health. You know, it's like there's all these things that we do, and uh, and yet when it comes to parenting, which is you know, is there a harder job in the world than that? And yet right. we, we we try to figure it out on our own, and it's just not it's just not uh, it's not wise. So. That's uh, I'm thankful for the example my dad set for me, and I'm trying to do that as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I would agree. The uh, you know, I I also talk about this. Dad's asked me a lot. How do you balance all the time? Because right now I'm I'm still coaching basketball. I still have a job that I that I go to every day. Uh, I'm doing the podcast. How do I balance all my time? And I say, you know what? I set a schedule. And they're like, okay. And I said, but listen, you set a schedule for your meetings. You set a you set a schedule that you have to be at the office. You set a schedule for your gym time. Do you set a schedule for your time with your kids? Why aren't they on your schedule? They should be on your schedule. So I, I do talk about that, that whole schedule. Hey, you know, aspect. I mean, that's, that's the reality. And we got to take some inventory of how we're living. It's a, that's a good reminder for me too, is like, say, are, I'm scheduling my whole life. And then, you know, are, is my family getting what's left over? Because if that's, if that's what happens, then, uh, right then that's a recipe for disaster. So uh, that is a great, great reminder. Yeah, thank you very much. Well, cool. I don't want to take too much of your time, but um, if my listeners wanted to look – oh, let me, let me do this. Tell me a little bit about, real quick, your podcast and also Popwe. I think that's really cool. Um, so I want you to just talk um, briefly on those two things real fast because I want people to check those out. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, yeah, the podcast has uh, got a very clever title um, that people will be able to remember. It's called the Matthew West Podcast. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, it's just been a, I've always, you know, I've always just been uh, a curious person and I love conversations with people, but, but 99% of my conversations with people are in this form where, where I'm the guest and people are asking me questions. And, you know, I just uh, was, intrigued by the idea of sharing the stories of people's lives in a different format. And, uh, and, you know, I write songs, my songs are all inspired by people's stories. And so this podcast is really about the power of story and helping people acknowledge and recognize that there's power in their story too. So it's been fun to, to dive into this and, and talk with some, you know, really interesting people who have inspired me in my life. Um, I just got done talking with uh, Bethany Hamilton, who, uh, Oh, cool inspiration for the movie soul surfer and just hearing her story coming back from that shark attack. And right. it's like, wow, you know, those are, you know, these conversations inspire me. So I hope they'll inspire other people. But one of the sponsors of the podcast is my nonprofit organization that my dad and I started and it's called pop. We, and um, it's, it's a ministry about story. And our whole goal is to, to help equip people to, uh, learn how to live a better story with their life, but but even take a step further and learn the importance of telling their story. The Bible mm. talks about the power of our testimony, and it says it's so powerful that it can defeat the enemy. In Revelations, it says uh, he was defeated by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And so I really believe that one of the things that's going to continue to change this world is that every story told of a life changed becomes a bright light in a dark world. And, and, and our ministry is really there to help people and guide them through the process of finding healing for the broken chapters of their story, and then ultimately finding empowerment to share that story to help somebody else find healing. Mm, 
Very cool. Well, uh, so definitely check out Matthew S. Podcast and um, also check out Papu. I think that's really neat that you, you and your dad have put that together. That's awesome. Uh, if my listeners wanted to look you up, what's the best place to do that? And then what do you have coming up this year that you're looking forward to? MatthewWest.com is, is uh, the place to find, you know, all the latest things that we're doing. And um, you can find out about the podcast at MatthewWest.com as well. It's MatthewWest.com slash podcast. So if you want to find out if I'm going to be going on tour when this pandemic thing is over, you can go to MatthewWest.com slash tour. So, uh, and of course, I'm on Instagram and, and uh, Facebook and all those things. You know, what we're doing right now is uh, we do some virtual concerts because touring's really not not able to take place as much. But um, every Wednesday, we go live on Facebook and Instagram every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. And uh, we have something we call Quarantine Quiet Time, which we started. Dude, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, we started it a year ago, uh, thinking the pandemic would be about two weeks long. And uh, here we are a year later, still connecting with people and praying with people. It's been a lot of fun. So, um, you know, I'm always I'm, I'm working on a new book and, and uh, always writing new songs. So a lot of exciting things happening. Awesome. Well, very cool. Well, look, uh, Matthew, like I said, I'm a huge fan. I'm glad we've kind of connected and become friends. Um, I I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I know you have a busy schedule, so I appreciate you taking the time to uh, share your dad experiences on Dad Up, and you certainly represent the dad community very well, brother. So I appreciate you. Well, thanks. Thanks for the opportunity, and every chance to talk about, you know, fatherhood is is a good reminder for me of of things that I need to be doing in my life and changing. And uh, we're always, we're always works in progress. So I appreciate the opportunity. Well, there you have it. Another exciting episode complete. My guest today certainly represents the data community very well. Continue to stay tuned because my shows with amazing guests comes out every week. You don't want to miss out. Please help the show by subscribing and leaving a rating. I would love your feedback. If you know anyone this show could help, please share it with them. I don't want anyone missing out on what it takes to be a great parent. If you have comments or questions, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at Data Podcast. I read all your comments and respond to them all. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. This is Data. Up.